Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Should the Montreal Canadiens tank for Connor Bedard? I know I have an opinion on this. And so does former Montreal Canadiens scout Grant McCagg, who's saying, hold on a second here. Who's to say that Bedard is going to go first overall? Now, the last time he said, who's to say that Shane Wright is going to go first overall? As a matter of fact, he said he won't go in the top two. And then at one point, he said he'll go number four. And guess what? He went number four. Is Connor Bedard going to fall and slip in the draft rankings as well? When the 2023 NHL draft comes around, will Connor Bedard slip to two? Will he slip to three? Should the Canadians tank for Bedard? I discuss it with Grant McCagg on the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Marinero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And Lacage, if the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs had a 50-goal score or even when they had a 40-goal score, which was back in the early 90s, then it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. This guy never ceases to surprise me because he's very strong on his opinions, just like how I like them. And that's Grant McCagg of Recruits.ca, former Montreal Canadian scout. What's going on with you? Hey, oh, just getting over COVID there, Tony. Just finally tested uh, negative yesterday, so on on the rebound here. What a bad idea of COVID to actually try and attack Grant McCagg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it lost, but uh, it was a good battle. How bad was it? Oh, it was bad. Like, it was two weeks, Tony, you know. Uh, couldn't really do anything for two weeks, so did a lot of scouting. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. I, I would imagine that you're tuned into the uh, Helinka uh, Gretzky tournament. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk to us about that, actually, before we uh, we get to uh, what I would like to make the topic at hand, which is Connor Bedard. But what can you tell us about the Helinka Gretzky tournament up until now? Yeah, it's gone about as expected. Uh, Canada, you know, uh, 
I think there were only nine Canadians that went in the first round of last year's draft. Uh, this year, it's looking like it might be at least half. Half of them uh, end up being Canadians, so that's nice. I mean, as a as a patriotic Canadian, it's nice to see you know Canada have a good strong draft crop, and plus you get to see them more often, right? So you can be a little more sure about them. So uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a strong group. Um, I think uh, there's four or five guys that have uh, that are certainly uh, in the top five mix now that that are playing in the tournament or top ten anyway. But uh, the three guys that that are considered to be the top three going into the draft, I think, are still uh, aren't playing at the tournament. And that's Dvorsky, Michkov, and uh, our favorite Bedard. All right. Okay. Um... Speaking of Bedard, this is why, you know, one of the major reasons why I have you on, because you sent out a tweet that caught my attention. And for those who missed it, why don't we bring it up right now? There you go. This lose for Bedard 11 months before he is drafted is silliness. From November on last year, the refrain was lose for right. Habs finished last, won the lottery, and still didn't get right. A lot can change in 11 months, folks. Well, um, okay, I understand the text message, but when you say they still didn't get right, they opted not to select right. But if that's right. they wanted to, they could have had him. Well, that's why I put it put get in quotations. Yeah, no, no, I get it. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it makes you believe that you are not sold on uh, on Connor Bedard. Now, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to mock it. Uh, I'm not going to vehemently disagree with it because this is what you do for a living. There's a lot of people that were not happy with you when you said you were not overly sold on Shane Wright, and clearly some other teams were not. He slipped the fourth in the draft, but give me your arguments on Connor Bedard might not be number one come June 2023 or July 2023, whatever. It's, it's going to be June, I guess, yeah. Well, it has nothing to do with me not uh, like you know disliking anything in in Bedard's game. It's just the fact that it's August, and you know a lot. I mean, we haven't even started the draft season yet, so I don't. I never like to uh, say, "Well, this is the you know that's the consensus number one." Just like I didn't like Nolan Patrick when everyone said, "Oh, well, he's going number one for sure," or Wright or Angelo Esposito. There've been a lot of guys that in August that were supposedly supposed to go. First overall, that didn't go first, and in some instances, didn't even go top ten. So I mean, it, it's it's all about just the fact that you don't uh, you don't predict who's going to be first overall in August. There's the scout, like I don't know a scout, I don't know a single scout that does, that look approaches it that way. But the media, not the media so much, but social media, yeah, you know, it, it, it starts a year before the draft, and I thought people would have learned from last year. That no, you know, Wright didn't go first. Don't mm -hmm. say, oh, well, that you're crazy if you think that he's not going first. It, I mean, Michkov and, and Dvorsky, if you look at their stats, they, they've done amazing things in the last two years. Yeah. And uh, Dvorsky, uh, I was talking to a scout yesterday and said, holy moly, he's top three all day. Didn't say he's third. He said he's top three. Like, I hear you. They're not this, they're not this, you know, you can't dispute that. I mean, a kid can come along even in the Western League. Jaeger is is an excellent prospect. 
What if he has a better year than Bedard? Let me he's throw this out. He's a he's a centerman. He's six foot. Yeah, I, I hear mean, you. So it, it's more just a question of just I, I like to be careful about about yeah. uh, about it being emphatic. Let me let me throw this at you though. I hear what you're saying and saying, you know, scouts or people shouldn't talk about a player going number one overall 11 months before his draft. Did they not do that with Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid, who ended yeah. up indeed being number one picks? And the reason why I bring them up, they are generational players. Connor Bedard is being compared to Connor McDavid. He might not be Connor McDavid but he's on pace for Connor McDavid numbers at the same age for generational talents. You can say a guy is going number one overall with all due respect to Shane, Wright, Even though most thought that he was going to go number one overall up until a month before the draft or even a week before the draft, he's not a generational talent franchise, no, but player, maybe generational talent. No, no, but at this year at, at this time, people were saying that they thought he was a generational talent. I mean, he was a he was a um, exceptional player status, and he put up stats just very comparable to Berard at the same age. And he's not a five nine winger either. I mean, there's never been a five nine winger go first overall in the draft. So, like, just to anoint him as as talented as he is, he's still he's undersized. I mean, he, I, I say winger, but like he's a winger whenever he plays in Canada. Like if he's if he's all that in a bag of chips as a centerman, why isn't he the number one center when he plays for Canada? You know, Sidney Crosby was the number one center when he ever played U17, U18, or U20, you know. Well, why do they put him on the wing? Because that's probably, that might be where he ends up playing in the NHL. There's not a single first-line 5'9 center in the NHL, and there's a reason for that. It's just, you know, it's it's very, very difficult Marco Rossi scored 120 points three years ago in junior. Bedard may not even score more than that this year. Uh, Rossi went ninth overall because he's 5'9". I so, hear you. I mean, you know, uh, as, as fantastic and as dynamic as he is, mm -hmm. if Dvorsky or Michkov play as well as he does this year, and it's a possibility, there's a good chance that they'll go ahead of him in the draft. So I, I hear you, but... In Michkov's case, look, we know he's out for two months with an injury. We also know he's tied up to a contract uh, in Russia for the next couple of years, so might not be eligible to play in the National Hockey League right away. But let me ask you this. Braden Point went third round, 79th overall in the 2014 NHL entry draft. I understand that Braden Points are few and far between, but we're not talking about a five foot ten centerman here who was a number one centerman in the National Hockey League. Yeah, that's one example out of how many five nine centers in the last twenty years that have played junior hockey. What has there been? Five hundred. So that's Great. one one out of five hundred, Tony. So I mean, you know, it's just it, it's okay. Uh, it, yes, uh, you know, I mean, it sure it happens. Uh, but is Braden Point a generational player? No. But, uh, it, you know, if Connor Bedard could be better than Braden Point, he can be. Well, here's another he thing. Might be. Here's he another. might not play center even. You know, you're, but you're, we don't and, know that. We'll have right a better idea in March of next year. Yeah, and you're right, right about now. now. You're right about that. Uh, Marty St. Louis mm -hmm. was not a big winger. If Connor Bedard ends up playing wing in the National Hockey League and he ends up being a little bit better than Marty St. Louis, 
that makes a generational player. Marty St. Louis is one of the best players in the history of the National Hockey League. Well, like three months ago, Tony, you were arguing and everybody else was arguing, well, you can't take the winger over the centerman, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. Now, I hear you. Now, and obviously, well, the Canadians well, think you know, that uh, they probably think Slavkovsky is going to be the next Jager. And if they're right in their well, assessment, then it's a good pick. Sure. Exactly. And that was my argument. He looks like a mini Jager and you, you take the best player. You yeah. Know? But I, I, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that Bedard isn't going to be the first overall pick. I'm just I saying we you. don't know. We just don't no, know. No, and Grant, it makes for a great discussion because, you know, years ago, I probably would have had the same reasoning, okay? But I think Cole Caulfield, and he's not a centerman, he's a winger. Cole Caulfield, I think, proved to us in the second half of the season, and Alex DeBrinket as well, and there are others, and we just talked about Marty St. Louis, that sometimes being small, I think can be an advantage because these small players have had to exercise their brain from a very young age to be so much smarter on the ice than everyone else because they don't get by on physicality. They don't get by on <laughs> So they need to get out of traffic. They need to be elusive. They obviously want to avoid getting hit. Uh, they need to find open ice, which is not always an easy thing to do when you're not a big guy. Um, so I think that it could be an advantage. And I'll also make an argument in that you know, in 2022, if ever a small player was going to succeed in the National Hockey League, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, when Mario played, uh, you took a lot of punishment and it was a big man's league. And there was, you know, the power forwards were prevalent in the day and there was hooking and slashing. Nowadays, you can't put your stick on anyone without getting called. So I'd make an argument that if you're a small player, there's probably no time better in the history of the National Hockey League to be a small player than 2022. Well, to be a generational small player, I think you have to help your team win Stanley Cups. Alex DeBrinkett and Cole Caulfield haven't helped their team win anything in the playoffs yet. Mm -hmm. um, I mean... Uh, well, especially DeBrinkett. I mean, it, it's It's rare. You know, Braden Point, you, you point out one player. Well, you know, Patrick Kane, there's two players in the past decade that yep. that, that, that have been difference makers that are under 5'10". Uh, I mean, that's two players out of a lot of players. In and the Marty St. Louis before them. One year they won a cup with, with Marty St. Louis having a good year, yes. Yeah. They won one cup. I just, you know, generally... I, I don't consider Marty Sillery a generational player. No, I like that's you. A, you know, uh, I don't know of any five nine player that uh, winger that's a generate that you could classify as a generational player from the past twenty well, years. Will Connor Bedard play center or wing with Team Canada World Juniors coming up here? Because based on what I've read, and you tell me, it looks like he slotted in as a second line centerman behind uh, McTavish. Is he not? Uh, yeah, I could. He could end up playing uh, center this year. You know, um, I hope so. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him. You know, see him against better competition and and see how how he work looks as a center. Yeah. But again, it's junior. Um, you know, there's a big difference uh, being a top two center in junior and being a top two center in the NHL. Like Marco Rossi was the first line center. You know, at the World Juniors for Austria. And uh, we'll see if he ends up being a top two center in the NHL. Mm -hmm. But I certainly, if anyone can 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 do it, it'll be Bedard. Uh, I mean, will he lead teams to Stanley Cups? Maybe. 
and even like Montreal is there like well we'll see but you know you've already got Caulfield uh you got Suzuki first line center is he the ideal like there's other guys that are I think are going to be great fits for the team if you know let's say they draft third overall and you're saying well you know I hope he drops well I mean Dvorsky uh um Cameron Allen, the right defenseman, it'd be great to have for the mm-hmm. Canadians. You know, there, there's guys that are they're almost as good a fit. Now, are they going to be as exceptional as Bedard? Yeah. At this point, at this point, it looks like Bedard is going to be the best player. But I, um, I'm not discounting some other guys yeah. uh, ending up going ahead of him. I'm not, not yet. Anyway, you asked the question before, and you said if he's so exceptional, you know, why doesn't he play center up until now? Why hasn't he played center for? Uh, Hockey Canada uh, and played more of the wing. I'd also say that here's a guy who scored 51 goals, I believe, this past season with the Regina Pats. I mean, this guy is a goal scorer. Centermen are usually better playmakers than they are goal scorers. So it's it's not to say he might end up being a winger at the National Hockey League level because he might end up being a better goal scorer than he is a playmaker. If he's got 40 plus goals in him at the National Hockey League level, he may end up being a winger. That's right, yeah. yeah. Dvorsky could be a 40, and Michkov could be 40, 50 goal scorers at the NHL level too oh, uh, in the wing. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's early, Tony, and I just, you know, more so than anything, the argument just is that, you know, you got to – I don't know any scouts that are saying, oh, yeah, Bedard for sure is going number one. And, I mean, you just – you, you got to be careful with it, right? Last year was a perfect example. Shane Wright. You know, he didn't even go top three, so – you know, if that's not if that doesn't teach you that you don't count your checkers before you're hatched, I don't know what will. I know you're not supposed to draft by position because on a couple of occasions that the Montreal Canadiens did it, they probably regretted it. Okay, um, they want to get bigger on defense. They drafted Jared Tenorti. They want to get bigger at center ice. They drafted uh, Michael McCarron. They wanted to add centermen. They added, you know, they drafted Galchenyuk, and then in another year they drafted Kakanyemi. All those. Picks, of course, are more than debatable, maybe a little bit less so for Kakanyemi, but debatable nevertheless. Having said that, with Suzuki and Kirby Doc and Christian Dvorak and Jake Evans, if the draft were tonight, let's just say, and the Canadians had the number one pick, I think knowing that there are certain question marks on what the ceiling is for Doc and Dvorak, the pick would have to be Bedard, unless, of course, there are really doubts that he can be a centerman at the National Hockey League level, given his size or lack thereof. Yeah, and I mean, there are a couple of uh, other really good centermen. This is a really top 10 of this it is very exciting. There's a very exciting group, you know, and, uh, you know, you're going on the premise that the Cavs magically end up with the top pick two years in a row. I mean, the odds of that happening are, I know, you know are are, infant, are just so low, and I really don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league this year either. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to take some doing for them to end up with the top pick again. So we can talk yeah. about it all we want, but it's it's a very very uh, it's a real stretch to, to think that the Canadians are going to end up picking first again. I don't think they're going to be last overall. But I do think that seeing as they want to alleviate money off the cap, seeing as they didn't add any unrestricted free agents, 
I don't believe that Carey Price is going to start the season. Now, at the time of this recording, this is Saturday, August 6th at 5 p.m. You know, I wouldn't bet on Carey Price starting the season. So I think goaltending is going to be a question mark. I think um, production uh, with their number two center, number three center could be a question mark. I think the experience on defense can be a question mark. I think the overall play of the defenseman, given that they're probably going to add some young players, could be a question mark. Some of the depth, some players I believe on this team who are in their last year of their contract or their last two years of the contract, I wouldn't be surprised if they're traded away come trade deadline week or trade deadline day. Add it all up. I believe that Kent Hughes's plan and Jeff Gordon's plan uh, is not to want to lose, but I believe that the team will be weak enough so that it will lose more than it'll win. I, I, I think the Canadians, you know, they might not be last overall, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're bottom five in the league. Yeah, there's a possibility of that. I think the, uh, the division, too, is going to be a lot stronger, you know. I think Detroit, Buffalo, and and Ottawa are all stronger, and yeah. um, and it's going to be it's going to be tough. Like I, I think they maybe Boston not as strong. No, no, I think they come back. You know, they're going to have a dogfight uh, with those teams, and I mean a key injury to Florida or whatever, what have you, and you never know. They could come back some to the pack. Hopefully, with Montreal owning their pick, they do. I, I, think, I think I think Florida will drop a notch. I think Boston will drop a notch, and yeah. I think even Tampa will drop a notch. Yes, I believe so. And uh, and I mean, you know, you talk about goaltending. <laughs> Jake Allen is 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 uh, is as proven a goalie as what the Leafs have right now. You know, so I mean, there there's no guarantees that the Leafs are going to have great goaltending. You know, with their tandem either. So, I mean. I'll take Price and Al Price, uh, you know, and Allen over the Leafs goaltending. Uh, I hear you. Camera, you Once know. again, I don't know how many games Carey Price is going to play. Shout out to MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Uh, it's around this time of year that the players are on the treadmill for sure. You can bring it home and discover a club quality workout and the comfort of your own home. Visit MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Whether it's the treadmill, the elliptical, the bike, you name it, some of the cardio equipment. All right, okay. Now. Um, the big question, of course, now is now that we got that out of the way is were the Montreal Canadiens better off being active on the unrestricted free agent market? If not this year, are they better off being active next year or should the Canadians stay the course? Now, when Jonathan Huberdeau signed with the Calgary Flames, there are a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans who said, damn, he would have been a great Montreal Canadian not going to be he has signed an eight-year deal of 10.5 million a year your thoughts on Jonathan Huberdeau signing and the Canadians not signing UFAs well I did you know I, I did you told me that you saw a tweet of, that I put out there and it got a yeah. fair bit of uh feedback um you know it just uh I, I didn't want to see them doing a repeat of what the Leafs did when they signed Tavares you know and they ended uh -huh. up hamstringing them now as far as I'm concerned because all those big contracts come up where all of a sudden you know um, between Marner um, um, Tavares and Matthews are like 33 million alone you know Correct. those yeah. three salaries and I really think like I don't think Toronto's gonna win anything you know I, it, I think that that's really hamstrung them they can come maybe come close here and there, but 
I think the cap issues are, are, are going to prevent them from, from going anywhere far in the playoffs, but yeah. we'll see. But uh, um, I, I've always the, thought that Toronto at one point in time, part of me, Grant would win a cup. I'm still going to stick with that. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, I really see your point. I believe that today the Toronto Maple Leafs would have been better spending $6 million on a centerman and $5 million on a stay-at-home defenseman or six on a centerman and five on a goalie than spending yeah. 11 on Tavares for as long as they have and as long as they will. Yeah. And, I mean, in a couple of years, I think I think they'll sign Caulfield to a big deal like they did Suzuki. Yeah. Um, it, you know, if especially if he produces this year like I think he will. Yeah. He, he scores 30-35. They're going to – at some point this season, they're going to extend him eight years, eight million or something like that. I'm I'm positive of it, and uh, and then Slavkovsky. In two I don't years. think they'll give him more than Suzuki. Maybe not. We'll see if he I scores forty goals this year. You know, if he scores forty goals this year, they'll give him a similar amount. You know. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. And um, uh, and then Slavkovsky. You know, if he becomes the player that everyone hopes that he can be in a couple of years time they'll be giving him the same contract so all of a sudden then if you you, you know if you put in ten and a half million for Huberto with those three you're eating up uh you know you're doing a Toronto Maple Leafs type of thing where four yeah. players are are eating up half your salary cap and, and you feel that if you have that player at 29 or 30 years old you need to win in the first couple of years because with the law Absolutely. of physics, you usually decline. Now there are exceptional players who played really good and were stars in the league up until 37 years old. Zetterberg mm -hmm. is one and Datsuk is another and Yarmur Jagger, of course, but those once again are really exceptional players. Hey, a shout out WWE returns to the bell center for the first time in over three years. Tickets are on sale now for WWE Friday night Smackdown on August 19th. You can purchase tickets on ticketmaster.com. We're also giving away free tickets all you have to do is subscribe to our youtube channel the sick podcast and comment wwe sick on this video if you can smell what marination is cooking all right okay so um in ending <laughs> in ending what's the the one story when you look at the canadians that you're looking at right now so you know you know, training camp is a month and a half away from terms of pro camp and stuff like that. But if there's one that you're 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 paying attention to right now, is there one already? Uh, Slavkowski. I'm just uh, I you know I can't. I mean, the last time they had the first overall pick was Wickenheiser, and uh, yeah, they screwed that one up. You know, he better not be sitting in the stands for a game one like they did with Wickenheiser. You know. Um, yeah, and, I know the, uh, the Wickenizer year, right? If there's one thing that really hurt was the Canadians had a game versus the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Which I believe was at the Montreal Forum. And Wickenizer was a healthy scratch in that game. And Denny Savard for Chicago was not. I believe Savard got a goal or two and was a star in the game. And things just went downhill from there. Yeah. Well, I mean, very first game of the year, you know, a kid that had been a superstar all the way up and it was deemed to be a generational player, you know, on, on the go. I remember I had a subscription to the Hockey News and you read article every single week about how great this kid was and how great he was going to be. And uh, then to sit him in the stands, you know, they had a strong team, but they just, they handled it completely wrong. And 
I think that, you know, the opposite is going to be true with Slavkovsky, but there's a lot of unknown there, you know. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a lot of pressure on him, and, you know, I, I can't wait to see him in the exhibition season and see how he looks and yeah. uh, where he starts the season, what line. I think he'll, he starts with the Canadians. I'd be shocked if he didn't. But uh, I think so, know, too. What line, what line he starts on and uh, and how he performs, I think that's the big story. I don't, um, I don't think he'll start on the first line, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him finish the season yeah. on the first line. Grant, I didn't remember that that uh, Wickenizer being a scratch was the first game of the season. Was it the first game of the season, really? Yeah, the very first game of the season, wow. he was sitting wow. in the stands. Brian, I talked to Brian, the late Brian Murray, about him. Like, he had him in junior, and he was just, you know, they said, that, and he told me that they completely mishandled it, you know. The kid wow. was just uh, a natural at everything. And then to be brought down, you know, I mean, they shattered his confidence. And he turned to, you know, nightlife and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, got depressed and, and all that stuff. And just it was handled completely wrong with the kid. And uh, yeah. he was too good for junior. Well, you play him. You know, he's, he's the key to the future. Just like Lafleur, Did they sit Lafleur in the stands the first gate, you know? after he was picked, you know, they didn't, didn't think about it. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, even if you had to start him on the wing or whatever, they just, it was complete mishandling and, uh, and a great, you know, a kid that should have been a great NHL or ended up, uh, disappointed. You're right. It, it really is too bad. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm excited about Slavkovsky, even though I was saying, you know what, it's going to be all right. I have to tell you, I've seen some of those training videos you see and, not only the off-ice workouts, but also the on-ice workouts. I mean, this is an impressive package that if it comes yeah. together at the National Hockey League level, Grant, I think we're in for a treat. And you know what? You're one of the first ones to tip us off to say, this Slavkovsky kid is real. So thank you for that, and thanks for joining me on the SICK Podcast. We'll get you on soon. Hey, when was the last time you heard this on radio or a podcast? Da -da 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 -da! <laughs> think of it grant okay thanks Tony. caulfield slavkowski oh yeah it might be the first week of august but the hockey season is around the corner Ta -da -ta. Je me prenais pour le rocket, pour le gros bello, boom boom. I don't know the rest of the words. I'm just going to make a fool of myself on the sick podcast. I'm sick. So is the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Le La Rouge. So we talk again. I'm Marinero, the sick podcast. Le and that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>